Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. We're going to start with a new book called The Four Crafts, which talks about Dr. Craft, Lawyer Craft, Priest Craft, and King Craft. Since the last time I was able to actually publish a, a recording, um, I've had my tablet stolen from me, and we've had a bunch of construction and things going on with the house. And I was just getting burnt out of doing the radio program, so I decided to try to do some recordings. And every time I tried, something happened where I wasn't able to publish. So I decided that I'm just going to put this out in a podcast format. Um, the book that I was reading before pre-existence, I realized also that I had already covered that book. And so if you're interested in hearing the recordings of the podcast that I did on that book, you can go back into the archives at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon and just go into episodes and type in pre-existence. The last chapter that I did was chapter five and the next chapter was about, uh, chapter six was about Lucifer. And I'd already created a really good podcast on that. So we're going to just end that book. We're not going to do any more because I already covered it. But this book that I've chosen to cover for going on it's called four crafts and it really goes over some really important things that people need to understand about doctor craft lawyer craft priest craft and king craft and where we're at in our world today now ogden kraut wrote this book in 1994 and since he wrote it everything's just gotten a lot worse than what he witnessed when he was still alive so we're gonna read his book and then we're going to talk about the different topics that we go over one of the other things that i'm changing is i'm not going to do the uh the reader portion of the program anymore i'm just going to read it straight out and create each podcast and it'll be shorter than it was before so uh We'll just go on with the reading. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the program. And I'm going to try to record these on my day off. And then I will have them scheduled for publishing throughout the week. Four crafts. Dr. Craft, Lawyer Craft, Priest Craft, King Craft by Ogden Kraut. And like I said, he wrote this in December of 1994. And then I'll, I'll dedicate the program and we'll get into the reading. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we dedicate our time unto thee to learning these things that were presented by thy servant Ogden Kraut. 
Father, we love thee, but we understand that your love for us is so much more than our love for you. We desire to be servants in thine hands to bring about Zion's redemption, that we may be part of thy kingdom that will be on in both on the earth and in heaven. We love thee, Father, and we ask for thy blessings to be upon us, and we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When God spoke from heaven to Joseph Smith, the people were bound down by priestcraft, doctorcraft, kingcraft, and lawyercraft, the four grand crafts that uphold Satan's kingdom. Brigham Young, so that was a quote by Brigham Young, Deseret News, July 12th, 1863, page 7. Introduction Crafts of Deception Our world today seems to be a large-scale representation of the city and conditions of Babylon, a place of riches, commerce, splendor, pleasures, but above everything else, wickedness. Babylon was a type of what was to come in the latter days. On the outside it was attractive, but on the inside it was filled with sin and evil. Within its social and economic structure was a system of crafts which eventually attributed to its collapse. The early prophets have foretold of such depredations will be repeated in the last days. In an effort to avoid such disasters and evils, men should understand that these crafts and principles by which they are governed If we do not see that the scriptures and the words of the prophets have declared these conditions and warnings, then we have completely misunderstood their messages. The main purpose of the restoration of the gospel in this dispensation was to offer warnings and to preserve a righteous people and gospel and gospel because of the calamities that are to come. For example, the very first section of the Doctrine and Covenants states, quote, And they seek not the Lord to establish his righteousness, but every man walketh in his own way and after the image of his own God, whose image is in the likeness of the world and whose substance is that of an idol, which waxeth old, and shall perish in Babylon, even Babylon the Great, which shall fall. Page 8 Wherefore I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth, called upon my servant Joseph Smith, Jr., and spake unto him from heaven, and gave him commandments, and also gave commandments to others, that they should proclaim these things unto the world and this and all this that it might be covered it might be fulfilled which was written by the prophets and that was doctrine and covenant section 1 verses 16 through 18 the people of the world today are about to step no jump into the deeper uh, the deep abyss of darkness death and destruction 
and no other at no other time in the history of this lone and dreary world will so many perish great light has been restored to the earth but it has basically been rejected and the nations love darkness more than light heathen philosophers atheistic artisans and educators corrupt politicians and lying legal counselors are the main creators of modern babylon a grim but accurate description of the world we live in has been provided in a little booklet by inspiration books east incorporated there is an envy evil surmisings hypocrisy estrangement emulations strife betrayal of trust indulgence of lust and the whole system of religious principle and doctrines which should form the foundation and framework of social life and seems to be a toddling mass ready to fall to ruin the vilest of criminals when thrown into prison for their offenses are often made the recipients of gifts and attentions as if they had attained an an enviable distinction great publicity is given to their character and crimes the press publishes the revolting details of vice initiating others into the practice of fraud robbery and murder courts of justice is, or justice are corrupt rulers are actuated by desire for gain and the love of sensual pleasure impertinence has beclouded the fa- facilities of many so that satan has almost complete control of them jurists or ju- judges are perverted bribed deluded drunkenness and riv- rivalry or revelry passions envy dishonesty and every sort are represented among those who administer the laws and we're on page 9 the infatuation of vice the wanton taking of life the terrible increase of impertinence and iniquity in every order and degree should arouse all who fear god to inquire what can be done to stay the tide of evil and that was a pamphlet called what's behind the new world order by cr brown who was a retired navy and it says aqcs i don't know what that means anyway that was page 54 so i guess that was a long pamphlet <laughs> today the doctors lawyers ministers and politicians have more funds to work with better systems of communication more learning training and information than ever before So why then is the world such a terrible in such a terrible condition? The local telephone books contain more pages listings doctors and lawyers in any other profession along with those involved in government bureaucracies. So he wrote this in 1994 and I could tell you, you know, I went through the yellow pages when I was younger back when We still actually get the phone book out here on rural Emory County, Utah where I live. But 
I don't know if they still do in bigger cities because like you can google everything now you don't really need the phone book but i remember back in the day going through the the list of lawyers and the list of doctors and oh my gosh like everybody had if you were a lawyer and you didn't have like some pictures and like a larger uh profile in the phone book then nobody took you serious and like there was so many pages of lawyers that you could go through and and doctors as well and like i used to go through the phone book just to see you know what different kind of businesses there were and like it was kind of like a catalog for me like when i was a kid i used to love to look through the sears catalog or for whatever finger hut catalog or whatever it was that came along just to look at all of the different things in the catalog and it was kind of the same way in the phone book for me now I grew up in a town with 30 people in it, in a county with 850 people in it, up on the Continental Divide in Idaho, right on the right on the border of Montana. But I had um, phone books from larger cities, and there wasn't really a lot for us to do up in that town that I grew up in. So I'd have to try to figure out things to do. And I read books. We had the Encyclopedia Britannica. And my grandmother was a nurse in the Navy. So she had a ton of medical books that I used to read. And I was just, uh, it was so boring (laughs) as a kid growing up. I mean, we had a lot of fun too. But there was a lot of times when we were bored. And there was only four kids in town. One of them was my cousin was being raised by my grandparents as as well as I. And then there was two kids in town that were our age. And pretty, pretty much that was the only two kids in town. Like, there were times when there were others who moved in or moved out. But consistently it was my cousin Casey, myself, and two sisters who were the same age by the name of Rindy and Vanessa. So I hope that that helps you realize why I was a kid looking through the phone book or a phone book or a catalog. Cause it was just, we had one paved street in our town. And when I was a sophomore, there was one senior in the whole county and she used to go to class with the juniors. And uh, I can't remember if her name was Sarah or Jennifer, but she was a king and her dad was the sheriff in town or in the county. And by the way, there was only one sheriff and two deputies in the whole county and two EMTs, which was in the county seat of Du Bois, which had about 450 people in it. And that was the largest city in our town or in our county county and then uh it was a large county too but by 850 our town had about 30 people in it so anyway and we lived there because my grandparents loved opals and back in the 1980s they bought an opal mine and set up a shop selling opal jewelry and then that was in our home so i used to have to go uh open the door for people that would knock on the door 
like we had a log cabin and we had to sign out opal mountain mining jewelry whatever and then we'd have to put the sign out that said open and people would walk up to the door and they would knock on the front door and my grandpa would say turn the tv off and i'd run over and turn the tv off and he'd walk behind the counter and i would run over and turn the lights on which were uh, switched by the door and then i would open the the door and welcome the people into our jewelry living living room <laughs> but later on my grandpa bought a a gas station down the road which was about three houses down and uh we just walked down to to the shop but the mine was seven miles east of town and i grew up digging opals and making jewelry with my grandpa So anyway, the local telephone books contain more pages listing doctors and lawyers than any other professions, along with those involved in government bureaucracy. Consider how every phase of our life is connected to some federal or state law or regulation. And what is worse, these lists keep growing. He didn't know that there was going to be such a thing as the internet where we wouldn't need phone books anymore because he wrote this. He published this in 94. So our society is flooded with too many doctors, lawyers, politicians, and priests who do not know God. Their profession has become a craft, which according to one dictionary definition means a skill in deceiving or underhanded planning. Well, that's according to the new Webster's New World Dictionary, 1982 edition, page 330. These crafts of deception, doctor craft, lawyer craft, priest craft, and king craft are attributed to be the work of the devil, a counterfeit for what true doctors, lawyers, priests, and kings are supposed to be. To accomplish his evil purposes, it requires mortal men, so they train for and involve themselves in these crafts that pay exceedingly well, and the devil is willing to assist them in that. Brigham Young expressed it this way, quote, The devil has sent his emissaries among us, some of whom come in the form of lawyers, doctors, and ministers, as well and others as saloon keepers and gamblers and as gentlemen who poli- whose politeness and affability are particularly striking. We're on page 10. Their special mission seems to be directed at the young of both sexes to decoy and lead them astray. End quote. Journal of Discourses, volume 18, page 233. Then you may take the, the class called merchant, also the doctors, the priests in the various sects, sects, that's S-E-C-T-S, the lawyers and every person in, engaged in any branch of business throughout the world, and as a general thing, they are all taught from their childhood to be more or less dishonest. And quote, Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 72. 
Andrew Jensen explained that the men in these three professions were all trained in the same kind of schools. Quote, when we go abroad and become acquainted with the various Protestant denominations, we find that people as a rule manufacture or produce priests on the same principle and they, as they do lawyers or doctors. Students spring into the honors of medical doctors, lawyers, and clergymen, study side by side in the same schools till they have passed through certain examinations and arrive at the certain stage, at a certain stage, when they choose one of three roads to open them, to open them. One of these, if followed successfully, leads to the calling of of a lawyer, another enables a man to become a doctor of medicine, and still another to become a clergyman. End quote. And this is called this course. Hold on, let me see if I can... I don't know. He's got these abbreviations in the uh, citation here. And I don't know. I'll just tell you what it it says. C-O-L-L point or dot. And then D-I-S-C dot. So that's discourses. But I don't know what college discourses. I have no idea. Anyway, it's, it's comp compositioned by Brian Study. Stewie. Volume 5, page 36. I hate it when they, like, abbreviate things. Like, I'm supposed to know what that means. And it's to save print and ink. And I understand Ogden had his own printing press. But, um... And, like, when when we do the radio program, like, this next quote is DHC, which stands for Doctrinal History of the Church. And, like, since we're reading his books, like, he quotes DHC a lot, and I know what that means, but when you quote a quote one time and you abbreviate it, I don't know how I'm supposed to know what that means. So, anyway. The prophet Joseph Smith strongly declared how a prophet should follow Christ's example in warning the people of these professional men. Some of the company thought I was not a very meek prophet. So this is a quote. So I told them I am meek and lowly in heart and will personify Jesus, personify Jesus for a moment to illustrate the principle and cried out with a loud voice, Woe unto you, ye doctors! Woe unto you, ye doctors! Woe unto you, ye lawyers! And woe unto ye... Woe unto you, ye scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. But you cannot find a place where I ever went that I found fault with their food, their drink, their house, their lodgings. No, never. And this is what is meant by the meekness and lowly loneliness of Jesus. So we're on page 11, but that was Doctrinal History of the Church, volume 5, page 218. Brigham Young also disliked and warned against these three professional crafts and added one more to those mentioned above. When God spoke from heaven to Joseph Smith, 
that people were bound down by priestcraft, doctorcraft, kingcraft, and lawyercraft, the four grand crafts that uphold Satan's kingdom. Deseret News, September 12, 1863. And John Taylor declared that even the doctors and lawyers, etc., would all have to reach the point when they, they too would bow their, knee, their knees and confess that Jesus was the Christ. He showed them that a time would come when every knee should bow and every tongue should confess unto the Lord. No matter whether they were priests or people, rulers or ruled, lawyers or doctors, no matter what position they held in the world, to every knee, to him every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord of all the glo- of all to the glory of God the Father. Journal of Discourses, Volume 10, page 278 and 279. The prophets have warned us about these crafts, so it is our responsibility to learn for ourselves why they can cause such trouble in this life, resulting in the sorrow, in sorrow in the next life. This this book will be discussing the four crafts in the following order. First section will be about Doctor Craft, and it's long. It's going to take a little bit to get through each of these sections. The next section is about lawyer craft. Then the next section is about uh, priest craft. And the next section is about king craft. So that's the introduction to the four crafts. I will be... Excuse me. I will be posting each of the uh, chapters up in the text in on Tumblr, um, and I believe that's tumblr.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon um, for you to read this on your own. Of course, you can go to ogdenkraut.com and then just click on for uh, four crafts if you can find it on his website and read the whole book for yourself for free online. We, it's open source. Um, I have permission from Kevin Kraut to read and to discuss these books. Now, Ogden died quite a number of years ago, but Kevin is his son. And uh, when Ogden died, he gave Kevin his, his dis, uh, Journal of Discourses, and Kev, Kevin gave his... Uh, journal of discourses to me so anyway it's just we're we're friends and we're not the greatest of friends because we're so busy all the time I mean I love talking to Kevin and I love his wives and I love talking to his wives and I I miss going to see them but um Every time we we meet together, you know, we have really good conversations. And I'm happy to continue to do this work of teaching these things. Now, I wanted to keep this till the end of the program. But like 
And I think people that follow me, they know I don't accept Brigham Young as a true prophet anymore. I don't accept the early leaders of the church as the Lord's anointed. I believe the church was rejected in Nauvoo because of section 124 and how Jesus told Joseph Smith to build a temple in Nauvoo whereby the Father could come to other in that he might restore that which was lost unto you or that which was taken away, even the fullness of the priesthood. So Jesus is telling Joseph Smith, build this temple so that the Father can come and restore this priesthood to you. Now, some people will say that this is the Melchizedek priesthood that was taken away from the church in 1832 or 1838 or whenever they say it is. They kind of... uh, I don't mean to be rude, but it's kind of like they're snakes dipped in grease and you cannot pin them down on certain things. And then when you think, you think, okay, well, what's your position on this? They change their position um, and make things up just because they can't be wrong, which really is irritating. But. In order for the Father to restore anything to anyone, there had to be a temple. Because usually God God usually meets people in the mountain. Like when I saw the Father and the Son face to face, I was taken way away from here to a place called Mount Vashel, which I just learned last month means beautiful God. Like I knew what, I knew what the name of of where I was what because God revealed that to me, but I didn't know what it meant. Well, in Hebrew, I finally, I, I would always say, okay, well, what does Vashel mean? Like looking it up, trying to figure it out and all these dictionaries and definitions and Googling it and whatever. And then one day I was like, separate the word. El means God. What does Vash mean? And I was like, oh my gosh. So I separated it. And Vash means beautiful, which I think is kind of cool because you had Vashi, if you know what I'm talking about. It's scriptural. Anyway, but she was a beautiful queen, right? Well, Vash Vash El means beautiful God. And that's the mountain that I was taken upon when I saw the father and the son face to face. Now, in order to have the fullness restored to the masses of people, see, I had it restored to me upon Mount Vashel. I was given the fullness of the priesthood. Uh, I was given keys of the priesthood and the kingdom and the church. I was given a whole bunch of stuff because I'm the Lord's anointed. And I know that sounds crazy. A lot of people think that I have a mental that I have mental problems. And you know what? They're right. I do have mental problems. I do. (laughs) I've got mental problems because of the things that happened to me when I was younger, but these experiences that I had are, are hundred percent real. So anyway, um, God gave me the fullness of the priesthood upon Mount Vashel But in order for Zion to be redeemed, he actually decided that he would reveal the fullness of the priesthood to the saints in Nauvoo in a temple that they were supposed to build. 
But Jesus warned them. If you don't do what I say, instead of blessings, you'll receive cursings, wrath, indignation. And he said, all they who hinder this work will be cursed to the third and fourth generation. And there's a lot more I can get into about what was supposed to happen, none of which actually did happen. But the main point is that the fullness of the priesthood was to be restored in the Navu temple by the Father himself. But they dragged their feet. The timbers that were coming down the Mississippi River from Wisconsin down to Nauvoo so that they could build the temple were consecrated and dedicated for the building of that temple, which was on the bluff so they didn't have to drain the swamp out. But they used that wood that was dedicated and consecrated for the Nauvoo Temple to build homes and shops and Masonic temples. And Brigham Young was even working on the second wing of his mansion. Which is weird because he was getting rich off of land speculation. Basically, they would buy buy land for pennies on the dollar, or they just wouldn't even buy it at all. But they would sell it to the uh, saints coming in from Britannia or England or wherever they were coming from for dollars on the penny. <laughs> and they'd get rich over this. You know, forget about the scripture that says it's not given for one man to own that which is above another, wherefore the whole world lieth in sin. And if you will be a Zion people, you must be equal in all things. Forget about all of that. Brigham Young was going to have his mansion. So they took the, the wood that was dedicated for the building of the Nauvoo Temple and they just, they dragged their feet. When Joseph Smith was murdered, they were just they had just dedicated the basement so that um, they could do baptisms for the dead in the basement, but it wasn't a finished temple. And they were just starting to work on the second story of the temple. It was never finished. The father never came to fulfill the promise that Jesus said where they were told that the Father would restore the fullness of the priesthood in that temple. So you had two temples that were eventually kind of finished. I mean, Kirtland was finished, but Nauvoo never really was finished. And you have uh, an, an example of an accepted temple and an, an example of a temple that was not accepted. The glory of God and the, the brightness and the angels and the manifestations of God happened in the Kirtland Temple, but they did not happen in the Nauvoo Temple. So that's one. But then, too, we catch Brigham in deception. When they asked him about the fullness of the priesthood, he says, oh, yeah, Joseph Smith re restored that to me in the red brick store. But the problem is... The temple was never finished and the father never came to restore the fullness of the priesthood in the temple. It was never finished. So Joseph Smith wouldn't have had it to give it. 
And the revelation says that the father had to restore the fullness of the priesthood, not Joseph Smith. And it had to be in a temple. So Brigham Young, when he claimed to receive the fullness of the priesthood, it was a lie. And he did it to maintain power over the church. And the church has become, you know, it's grown and it's become a, you know, it's put the name of Joseph Smith out there. Let me just say that. Now, I used to have a a real big problem with Brigham Young because of what happened with the Morrisites. If you don't know what that is, go look it up if you're interested. But there was a war against the apostate prophet Joseph Morris. And then to find out what Brigham Young did to the Indians and all of the other things, it's all hard. But I have to reject him because when Joseph Smith, shortly before he died, he said, in April of 1844, in the Times and Seasons, he said, um, if they contradict the Bible, the Book of Mormon, or the Doctrine and Covenants, set them down as imposters. Well, the Doctrine and Covenants, Doctrine and Covenants, Section 124, received in January of 1841, states that the Father has to restore the fullness of the priesthood in the temple. That was never finished. Not the red brick store. Because of this and many other things, I reject Brigham Young as a prophet or the Lord's anointed, but... I do recognize that there's a lot of true things that he spoke because he was taught by Joseph Smith. I also understand that there's things that he twisted up. So instead of just trusting, placing all of my trust in the flesh of Brigham Young, I actually go to God and find out what the truth is. And I'm not going to rely upon any man to find out what the truth is because my salvation means more to me than whether or not I accept one group of men or another. I want to know what truth is, even if the truth leads me down paths that I don't want to go down. But anyway, so um, I don't think my programs are going to be as long as they used to be, and it's just going to be a podcast. I'll publish them every day. Uh, I'll try to. We'll see what happens. And uh, when we come back on, we will be... Uh, covering the next chapter or, well, we'll get into Dr. Craft section 1 and it has chapters within the, the section, so anyway I guess that'll be it, if you're interested in talking to me um, you can message me and then uh, we can set up a time for us to talk and I'll let you have my contact information. Uh, you can also follow me at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977 or follow me on my different pages or groups. Some of my groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions. And, uh, well, there's a couple different ones. That, that one that I just gave you, though, LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, is my main public group. And then uh, you can find me by searching for uh, Zion's Redemption Radio Network, which is a page on Facebook, or Zion's Redemption Bookstore, or The Church of the Living Messiah. So anyway... 
I'm Mark Lichtenwalter, and this has been a Zion's Redemption Radio Network program. Thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. God bless, and goodbye.